0: If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold.
1: And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America variety channel. Today, we're going to talk about where we go from here. Um, I think it's an interesting topic, and we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, see, you know, see what that means for you as a listener. Um you can connect with us at BraveHeartsForKids.org, BraveHeartsRadio.org, where you can find all of our past episodes in the show link section, and you can also donate now if you uh, like the work that we're doing and would like to help us to continue to that. Um, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, today, my guest is Wally Goulet. Uh, Wally has been on the show before. Wally's an, he's an author, a consultant uh former uh, trial lawyer uh he's a, a business executive an all-around good guy and a friend of mine uh welcome welcome to the show wally yeah glad to be here always enjoy
2: visiting with you brian
1: thank you yeah we you know when when we when we first connected uh a couple of years ago um we, we started having conversations where we would, uh, we would, ju- I would just call you up, or you just call me up, and we would talk for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, uh, without an appointment. And I, I thought that was kind of a, uh, that's, that's kind of a unique thing anymore, um, where we, uh, we, we have so much of what we do anymore is, is done by appointment and even phone calls uh, we, uh, we schedule that sort of thing. And, and I, I think it's a, a real privilege to be on the, uh, on the, on the list of people that, uh, yeah, if I, if I give you a call, you might pick up my call, you
2: know, <laughs> uh, it's something else. You know, you make me think back to the days I was a practicing lawyer and every minute was a billable event. So it's, it's nice to be on the retirement side where, uh, where we can have an hour conversation and I'm not saying, Hey, Brian, that's going to be $400. <laughs> <laughs> Value uh, may not, not exceed
1: that. Yeah. You know, everything reminds me of a story. And, uh, and, you know, if you start, you start opening the, uh, the can of worms on lawyer stories, lawyer jokes, you know, we probably, we could probably be here all day with that. Um, there's um at my my dad and and you you and my dad were friends uh, you know back years ago. Uh, dad used to have this, uh, this this thing he would say to me, and I remember even as a little kid, uh, he would say, "No matter where you go, there you are." <laughs> and. I, you know, I, 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 he, he had quite a sense of humor. So I always thought that he was just trying to be funny. You know, just, you know, no matter where, well, no matter where you go, there you are. Gee, Dad, you know, what could be more obvious? Uh, later, I came to realize that was Confucius. And I, I, I came to realize that uh, what Confucius meant, I think, and maybe what my dad was trying to get through my head, was where you are is where you really are. And not where you wish you were, not where you would have been if you had done something different, but uh, where you really are. And when you can accept that, then uh, the the future, the possibilities are are greater uh, when you can accept the perfection of where you where you are. So that's a, something of a way to lead into our, our topic for today. Where do we go from here?
2: And. Um, yeah, I just. I hope you have the answers. I'm I'm willing to listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think this period of time has really caused a lot of soul searching for all of us. And and what do we do next? Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not only politically, but in our own lives. And you know, what does that mean? So yep. yeah, I'm anxious to see where you want to go.
1: Well, I think the idea of where do we go from here? You know, one of one of the things that I, I look at and say, you know, where we if you can accept where you are, then you have the opportunity to, the, the future is unlimited. And one of the things that has, um, has okay, so I was watching the Notre Dame game on uh,
2: on Saturday. And you know who my alma mater is, don't you? I do. Well, you, I mean, you, you, <laughs> Notre Dame, was it Notre Dame Law School? I went to undergraduate there.
1: Undergrad, okay, and so so yeah. So I was watching the Notre Notre Dame game, and if you were watching the Notre Dame game, you you know that uh, uh, they they took a break from the game to uh, uh, hear from the vice president elect and the president elect, and uh, uh, I, I I enjoyed uh, listening to and seeing the two speeches, and they, they were uh, they they were good political speeches. They were good American speeches. I thought and they, they gave us an idea that, that um, well, first of all, they, 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 they went with the, um, uh, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt uh, gave some advice on speaking. I've tried to take this advice. When speaking in public, be sincere, be brief, and be seated. And, and the brevity was was good there because you know they, they didn't go for look you know just go on and on and on they're they, they pretty concise speeches but I thought the the energy was was excellent and in particular I liked uh, what uh, uh, what mr. Biden said about um, the braver or the better angels that he, he referred to the term better angels and I think that was from Abraham Lincoln uh, the idea that you know the, the uh, I, I think it, it just makes me think of um, expecting the best in people.
2: Does yeah. yeah, and I, I liked his Ecclesiastes uh, reference too, you know, and uh, he got around to this is the time for healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it, it's it's very important. You know, we're, we're living through quite a bit. I mean, this mm-hmm. uh, this virus is, has taken its toll in, in, in large respect. And I, I think I awoke one morning wondering who, who how the night had gone in terms of the balloting because mm-hmm. when I went to bed on Tuesday, uh, Biden was behind by hundreds of thousands of of votes in in the, all those uh, Midwest states that he was trying to to win. And yeah. uh, and when I woke up, what I realized, I said, um, North Dakota right now is is at the at the top of the high percentage of of. Tests coming back. we any, anywhere from 14 to 20 percent of our tests are, are turning up with COVID cases. Yeah, and, I, and it, it became very personal. I said, I, whoever gets in, I, I want I want them to take this COVID thing really seriously because it's you know I'm I'm uh, in my 70s now, and and and, and that that became a I know, I don't I don't even want to call it a political thing. I want I want to say it's it's something we all have to look out for each other. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, all of that, all of that's pretty important. You, you, and you, you want politics to be for the good of the people. I mean, it's this isn't for the good of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Um, you know, it's it's not just a question of them getting to live in the White House. It's what are the, what are they going to do, yeah, to make this world a better place. Well, and, and, you know, in the better angels um, uh, idea
1: that that. Uh, you know, it just makes me think of the idea of um, uh, that uh, we should love our enemies, and and I, I know that that's a that's a that's a tough measure uh, at any time. Um, but it, yeah, I've I've seen so much divisiveness politically that um, you know there there's uh, I think there's there are extremes at at, at either end that are, are really pulling things in a divisive way, uh, fear those other guys, uh, hate those other people, that kind of thing. And, and I just, I, I don't think that makes, uh, I, I think most people reject that idea. Uh, and I, I'm glad, I, I, I really believe that that's, um, that that's who we are as, as people, that we are looking for the, the, the better, the best in people and we expect the best in people. Um, but to be able to listen to uh, the other side, maybe not even agree with them, but to be able to listen to people on the, on the other side of the aisle or the spectrum or or, any, or, or just uh, on, on, the,
2: on the side of a debate, it you know, can happen at home, you know? You know, I, I think you're touching on the challenge for where we go from here, uh, because li- being present with one another, respecting one another, you know, I think that th- what's ironic about what happened in the election is that uh, I think the Republicans fared very well while their president lost, uh, mm-hmm. and and so the public didn't didn't do an overwhelming blue wave on the on the country. You know, the, yeah. the House went less, uh, less Democrats were elected. Uh, the Republicans appear to be keeping the Senate, so that checks and balance, you know, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do need to need to listen to one another and uh, what I'll just tell you a little bit um, Brian in that you know I, you and I know that I talked about being in the living school mm-hmm. and, and a lot of that has to do with with being present uh, recognizing and and then looking at our biases you know a lot of our biases get in the way of uh, of listening to one another you know and and I but the word you said earlier just struck me when you said you know, the thing that i don't like seeing and that's where i think we have to untangle it is that we have made enemies out of our opponents mm-hmm. um, and and as biden was saying you know let's let's have great discussions we we can have opposing views but we but we we're americans we're, we're not enemies you know yeah. we're, and and when we go back to the virus i i think of uh my goodness it, this it doesn't discriminate at all i mean the, the virus doesn't care if you're Democrat or Republican or, or tall or short or, you know, whatever. Uh, And so we're, we're all fighting it together. So, so there is, there is something that coming together is important. Um, Not not making, making you and I the other for one another, you know, it's, you know, so it's, so it's interesting. We, and and the other side of it is that we're the, the election, I think taught us that we're about darn near 50, 50 on, on our, opposing views you so know, boy does that require some respect of each other to to try to understand what makes you what makes you feel this way or what makes you think this way Yeah, Let's talk it through well one of the you know one of the things uh, about the the 50-50 is it's, it is really interesting to
1: see how many states are in that you know 50.2 to 49.8 so really really close you know tipping one way or the other uh, but just um, uh, just how just how, um, how remarkably uh, similar that is because I I did a little you know a little um, research I like to look at the numbers and you know, looking back at some of the the electoral college results in, in past elections and there there have been you know the, the, a close election is kind of the um, the exception throughout our history. Um, you know, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, uh, Nixon, Reagan, uh, you know, any of these just absolute landslide, uh, uh, where, you know, where, where just about every state goes in one direction rather than the other. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I think one of the things that, that, that we did want to talk about today is the idea of, of um, uh, how we work together and, and uh, examples of how that's that's possible and I, I know that that you've been involved uh, as uh, uh, in, a, in a really in a bipartisan or nonpartisan way in uh, in North Dakota and, and to me that's really something to be
2: inspired by you know uh, maybe I can speak to that just a little bit in that um, I was asked as a young lawyer to to help Byron Dorgan on his first campaign
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I as a as a young lawyer in a small town I didn't want to uh, I I didn't want to be known as a Democrat or Republican or whatever that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh but but in helping I, I just really thought that Byron was going to do well and I and I guess my youthful exuberance mm-hmm. panned out and that that he, he went on to a very powerful political career yeah. uh in North Dakota but years later, uh, after being friendly with both Byron and Kent and and Earl Pomeroy was a friend, so it, uh, it was easy to work with him. But I, I went to work as a lobbyist on behalf of Basin Electric, which was a, a large generation a cooperative that served nine states. So we had all kinds of issues that, that we had to, to work on in, in uh, Washington. But I, at that point, I didn't want to be tagged either way you know as a republican or democrat uh, you know i had my friends and and uh, so i started going to both conventions mm-hmm. and i you know I, as a lobbyist i was paid to uh-huh. be there and and what what i what i thought was really good in attending both of them uh, and not being tribal necessarily saying this is my tribe or their tribe is by and large what i found in north dakota even your liberals considered liberals were were middle of the road people mm-hmm. You know, you, you in North Dakota, you just can't be far left. Uh, sometimes you can be, uh, you know, super conservative. Um, so, but I, but everybody seemed to want the the best for North Dakota, and and so there, there, you know, we're kind of like a small town almost in North Dakota with under mm-hmm. a million population. Uh, so, I, and yeah, I, I know your dad was right in the heat of numerous elections on a statewide basis, and. And uh, everybody knew knows each other. I mean, we knew, you know, the fact that you could uh, walk into the governor's office and and be known by your first name. Uh, my friends from Illinois, uh, uh, you know, and, and where where you live these days, you'd say, how 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 did you get to go see the governor? how did you get to talk to a senator? how did you get? I mean, wait a second. These guys are like city councilmen to us almost. So. so so that, that gave a sense that there is that way of, of uh, working together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you
1: know, in Chicago, you can't even get into, uh, get into a high rise building without, you know, having, you know, shown your ID and having a reason and, and maybe a a pass to be there you know from somebody that's expecting you hey uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, with Wally Goulet talking about where do we go from here uh, on Voice America and the Bravehearts radio program stick with us we'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important, it's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org.
1: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org now, back to this week's
1: show. Welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Uh, today, we're talking about where we go from here. My guest is Wally Goulet. A, he's an author, consultant, uh, all-around good guy and a friend of mine. And I you know, didn't really uh, have a have a, uh, a formal introduction for you today, Wally. But uh, in in North Dakota, uh, where where you you are, are you are still and where I am from, uh, you, you know you mentioned we're like a small town, and I've I've used the phrase small town with long streets to describe North Dakota. You know, if somebody p- say people say Reinbold, well, are are you from Hebron? I say no, but my dad grew up there. Uh, So we we had that kind of connection, but you reminded me in the last segment about uh, a time when I was uh, in my early 20s, one of my first uh, volunteer jobs I had was to set up a youth program, and I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea to have the governor come and be our keynote speaker. So I stopped up at the governor's office, and I, I asked if I could see the governor, and the receptionist looked at me, and she said, do you have an appointment? And I, I said no, and she looked down at the calendar and, and she looked up at me. She said it'll be about fifteen minutes, and I thought, you know, that's that's a, that's a small that's getting that's accessible government.
2: Yeah, no, it's a breath of fresh air in that regard too. We and everybody, everybody knows everybody, you know, even if they haven't met, they they have an idea about who who you might be. Well, you, yeah, you you have a uh, you have a connection with people, um, and and it
1: seems uh, you, you mentioned uh, you know working with uh, with Byron Dorgan and Kent and Earl Pomeroy. and Earl, Earl and I went to high school together. He was a couple of years ahead of me, um, but uh, so I've known him for a long time, uh, and I, I remember. Uh, in fact, uh, there's an article I wrote. It's called "A Small Town with Long Streets" about the Fourth of July parade. Uh, probably 12 years ago or so now Earl was still in Congress and um, I was uh, I was had uh, been in the parade and at the end I was grilling some some uh, uh, steaks or brats at uh, one of the businesses near the end of the parade uh, awesome to uh, the, the home of the national day calendar those guys you know and uh, uh, saw Earl and Earl came out of the crowd and, and walked up and he, he asked, "How's your dad doing?" And my dad did. you know had taken taken sick from park, Parkinson's and was out of the political realm for a while. but I, I thought that was that was really pretty cool, you know because uh, Dad was a Republican. Uh, Earl was a Democrat. and you know but they, 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 they knew each other, they, they knew each other for a long time. They respected each other, and I, I think they liked each other. And and that's that's something where uh, so many of the people that I know best and that are my best friends, I don't know what I don't know where they are politically. I just don't.
2: I uh, had the privilege of, of handling a major transaction in North Dakota that involved uh, all rural telephone cooperatives bought property from U.S. West, U.S. West. Uh, it had a quest and century link and all it was was the company before that but but it had to go in front of the public service commission and we had testimony for probably a week in, in there and i was the attorney for for 13 cooperatives companies and it, it was you know and sometimes it would get kind of official and officious and the guys are taking themselves pretty seriously but your dad would wink at me you know or and, we, and we'd kind of chuckle a little bit and it, it never got he never let anything get too serious. Uh, we we kind of knew what was going to happen. It, they were mm-hmm. going to pro- approve this transaction, but they had to look at all the rates that were involved and all that kind of thing. But uh, so uh, I, there was a lot of meetings let, that led up to the five days of testimony, uh, and then ultimately the orders that came out approving the sale. But uh, he became a friend. You know, I just mm-hmm. t- really, really enjoyed working with Leo. You yeah. know, yeah. good, good guy, and. You know, the one thing I don't know if you've talked about it with your listeners, but but he spoke all around the country. I mean, he he was the public service commissioner with the sense of humor, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how many keynote uh, mm-hmm. dinners and things like that that he that he gave. Uh, and you know, he 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 didn't brag about it, but he he talked about a little bit where he'd been and and a couple of the places that he'd. Uh, it's recently spoken but he had a, a a rolodex of of jokes that were just delightful you know he, he could have been a performer if he wasn't a politician well and he I, I think he could have made a living as a as a speaker because he was he was that
1: good and and um, and he did he, whether he was speaking to, uh to a, a, a national association in uh, you know, in Washington DC with you know 1500 people there at a big hotel or if he was uh, speaking to a, a commencement in small town North Dakota to nine students and their families he he put up, he put up he put his effort into it he, he, and he and he and you know what he just loved it he, he just genuinely seemed to, to love it um, I remember I, I got to tell you this story this uh, the, the first time that i ever heard him speak as a as a professional speaker or as a, it was in Bowman north Dakota and of course you, you know Bowman and uh, ranching community and in the early 90s uh, I was 30 something already and i I hadn't heard him speak at a, at a public event before but he was speaking at the farmer rancher appreciation banquet in Bowman and it was in a, one of those steel Quonset buildings with a concrete floor. Great, great big building by the fairgrounds. And I think there were about 400 people there. And they were all seated around the tables. And they'd had an hour or two of happy hour. And the, the, a key factor in the event was that it had just rained for a week after a drought of three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so people were in a really good mood, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and Dad started you know, telling telling his jokes and doing his North Dakota humor, and the place just shook. It literally shook when people would w- w- with laughter. You know, the, the the reverberation of the of the of the metal building itself. And I and I thought that was my first experience hearing him. So it was like from there it was all downhill. <laughs> yeah. it's as good as it gets to start with yeah good. yeah yeah well you know uh, you know a, a, a three-year drought followed by a, a week of rain
2: in farm and ranch country man that's 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 some high spirits you know so um well I would just say that to your listeners that I was the least surprised guy when I found out you were doing a radio program because it's it's in the DNA in the family
1: yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and I guess uh yeah, we we kind of started to get uh, spend a little bit more time on the phone and such. About the time I started uh, getting the Bravehearts Radio program set up, I've done a lot of radio on, and uh, you know get get on a radio show here and there. Uh, but it's it's fun to have uh, have a program like, uh, like like Bravehearts Radio here on Voice America. Um, we talked about the um, you know where do we go from here and. Just began getting into the idea of um, lo- loving one another, loving your neighbor, um, do good to those who are on the other side of the uh, spectrum,
2: and uh, I wonder if, if you want to comment on that some other. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I had the good fortune, and you, know, you and I have talked about. Uh, the living school that I attended the last two years, uh, mm-hmm. that's put on by the Center for Action and Contemplation, who, that's led by Father Richard Rohr. And a number of your listeners may have heard of Father Rohr, but quite a, quite a motivational guy. And, and one of the, the pro- last project that we were working on um, was getting in solidarity with uh, the poor, the oppressed, the downtrodden, the, the challenged. You know, and of course we've, we've all read, read those passages in the gospel, but when you really get into you doing it, you reaching out, you being, you know, being in solidarity, not solidarity means standing by, not, not just observing.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So they, I, they had a two day seminar. uh, I'm on the board there as well. And it, and it was about what it was to be a, a person of color you know, and we went through the summer of Black Lives Matter uh, in the streets. And it they, they put me in those shoes. And, uh, you know, for someone from North Dakota, where we don't, we don't even recognize that we're white in North Dakota because it's, there's so little diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have certainly the indigenous in terms of the Native Americans on, on a number of reservations in the state. But it's it's just all of a sudden waking up to what is it? What would it be like? And what? How would your history have changed? And they had a great way of, of putting us us back into that and and recognizing some of those things. And it's it's a little bit painful. One of the books that I'm reading right now is entitled Cast, and it talks about the black experience in in uh, you know from slavery to present day, and all of the The lynchings and everything else that they went through, and and you know our country has gone through some of the questions of the the various statues and all of these things that were civil war like and all. And there's been a you know let's be proud of our history, but but the the thing that we sometimes need to do is take a look at our history, and and because there's the good in the good in the dark. And all that, and sometimes that—that dark side of us—we have to deal with our shadow. Mm -hmm. Get in there and take a look at it, and and so that's that's all part of getting in there and being in solidarity with one another. And and as you say, if you you can't even if you if you're not aware uh, of your differences, and you're and you're not addressing your differences, you know we're not going to get to where we need to go, Uh, and. You know, and, and I think we all heard the stories this summer of, of, uh, in black families in the inner city, they have to talk to them about what happens when you get picked up by a police officer, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, or when you get stopped or, or any of those things where, where that isn't part of our white reality. So it's, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm all I'm saying for me, uh, I felt kind of the pain of, of, uh of wishing I had been more involved uh, social awareness, uh, mm-hmm. all along. But, you know, like I say, sometimes if you live in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, the diversity issues uh, d- don't exist as much, but, th- but they certainly do exist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so th- that's been part of the experience this last, last while. And, yeah. uh, so I, I'm, I don't think I don't think we can ignore those things, and and we don't need to make boogeymen. We, we really just need to open up the dialogue, um, and and the John Lewis's. If if we're willing to sit down and and think and listen, that was part of what went on in a two-day seminar for me, and it brought me to tears. And wow. uh, I, I had the good fortune uh, on our board uh, out of. CAC is, is uh, has six people of color on on, on a 10-person board mm-hmm. and uh, brilliant uh, people that that have really inspired me to, to dig a little deeper too so it's uh, you know the, this whole whole thing of, of racism is, is something we can't ignore I mean we really can't ignore and and how we deal with it is up to us individually uh, but like I say there are a number of good books that i've been uh, basically suggested to read uh, my grandmother's hands is an, is another one mm-hmm. by a, a minneapolis author uh, cast is one c a s t e mm-hmm. uh, is is one that i'd recommend to everybody to to help understand history from that point of view you know so
1: yeah, it's a, it's a very different perspective. And, and, you know, like you said, in, in North Dakota, uh, there's, there's not a lot of diversity. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that when we come back from our next break. know, uh, we're going to go to break here uh, with uh, uh, Bravehearts Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where my guest today is Wally Ulay. Be with us. Uh, we'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds once again.
0: Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinhold at Mission Specialist at BraveheartsRadio.org.
1: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station.
0: VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I am your host, Brian Reinbold. I am the Mission Specialist. If you'd like to sign up for our next free webinar, uh, do uh, do, uh, email me at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. You know, coming into the third segment, I always uh, have a little uh, shout out to the National Day Calendar, nationaldaycalendar.com. One of the great... uh, uh, sponsors of the Brave Hearts for Kids pediatric cancer charity, that is the uh, primary sponsor of Brave Hearts Radio. And uh, today is uh, November 9th. It is Louisiana Day. Louisiana is the 18th state, uh, state in 1812. It's Microtia Awareness Day. Uh, because of uh, looking that up, I, realized I found out that there is unilateral and bilateral Microtia. Uh, and then today is also Scrapple Day. And uh, we lived in Pennsylvania for a little while. So the uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, uh, they would serve scrapple, uh, also referred to as pan rabbit. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of rabbit in things that have rabbit in the recipe, Welsh rabbit, pan rabbit, no rabbit. And sorry, no rabbit no no rabbit in those. Um, and and uh, hey, we're we're back with um, with uh, Wally Goulet, uh, Wally uh, uh, author, uh, uh, charitable board member, uh, all-around good guy, and a friend of mine. We were talking a, a little bit about um, you know some of the um, I suppose you could call it the healing. You know, uh, the, uh, the you know you you mentioned the the book cast, uh, the, the and I'm thinking part of the healing is is an awareness, and a sense for uh, a sense to say you know don't be afraid to be wrong, say you know what I've been wrong I I I, I didn't realize what I, I didn't know what I didn't know until I realized I didn't know it. That maybe sounds a little too complicated, but. Uh, I, I had uh, Winston Price as my executive producer. He was a guest on the show in in uh, May or April or May, and uh, he was describing you know when, when he was a, a, a little boy in uh, Indianapolis area, and he and his brother would get picked up by the police, and uh, you know coming home from coming home from walking home from church in their Sunday best, and uh, you know twelve years old and picked up and by the police. Uh, because they're, you know, what are these black kids doing? And, uh, and it, so that, that's, a, that's something that it caused me to realize. Uh, and I, it, I, my realization of this uh, coming from homogeneous North Dakota is, uh, is that, you know, if I go for a walk on the golf course, it's a different experience for me than it is for a black man. Just, just going out there for a walk. And I I had that that conversation with uh, Don Samuels, who you recommended Don to me. We had him on the show uh, a month or so ago. And uh, he's at the heart of healing in Minneapolis. And, you know, there's just there's so much for for us to learn and and so much to just say, I I, I need to just listen. And one of the things that somebody pointed out to me about about my radio show is, you know, you got these great guests on, you sit there talking the whole time, Brian, you, know, you need to, you need to listen. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you,
2: Wally. Yeah. Uh, well, those those are all very challenging thoughts. You know, I had the experience uh, back in the eighties. I took a couple trips to Haiti to on, on a church missionary work. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting to me, I, when I was there uh, the first time for, probably 10 days. Uh, I think within that whole week, I saw 10 white people. Mm -hmm. My whole world had been turned upside down in terms of that. And I remember going down the street one time and they were, they were pointing me out and I I, I could see that. And they were saying, Blanc, Blanc, Blanc. Mm -hmm. But it did. I didn't feel like it was pejorative. I I was just an oddity to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it, you know, it's it's with our constitution we we say all men are created equal, you know, and we're looking to form a more, more perfect union. So it's 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 that old thing of walking a mile in another man's shoes, you know, and, and that we do need to tell each other these stories, mm-hmm. um, you know. And maybe I'll just I'll go into the what I think the COVID experience has done to a lot of us is that all of the external. Uh, all of you know the things that that uh, well I, I guess that, are, that that we don't that we don't have to go so deep I mean we've got all the, all of these amusements that we can attend to we can go out to dinner uh, any number of restaurants any number of shows any number of, of musical events and all those things have been kind of shut aside and 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 because of the uh, concern uh, for the for the virus we've been left inside uh, maybe you know, for me, going back to the piano a little bit, doing some more reading, doing doing things online, doing more Zooms. But but what I found is that shift from the external, uh, you know, things that would distract us, you know, and all of the distractions, whether it's a football game or all those things, things that aren't so really important, but that we do and spend our time doing, uh, it's, it's forced us to go internal a little bit. And, and we've, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy being outside now, and and being out walking in the fields, uh, you know, walking in the parks, enjoying the beauty of of, of the outdoors. Uh, great social distancing, um, but I but I, I it's it's been almost its own blessing, and and. I think all of us felt a certain anxiety. I mean, there were literally people were talking last week for the election of just the stress that everybody was under. You know, when you see a 50 50 election, you know that there's an awful lot of head knocking, seemingly. But if, if you don't mind, I would like to just share just uh, something I, I shared at a conference uh, probably about 10 days ago. And, and it's, I'll see if I can put it into context, but. Yeah, but, please. But my friend uh, Father Richard Rohr has been trying to counsel folks to say, "Don't get too anxious about any of these things." And his phrase to some of us was, "Don't let anybody rent space in your mind." You know. So I, you know, and you know, and we've had a we've had a uh, a president that who has sought attention almost on a daily basis, and sometimes you if you're for him or or you were against him in the in the election he was buying a lot of space in people's minds I mean mm-hmm. it's kind of the way it was um, but but as I say as we've gone internal it's we start we have to start looking at you know how do we how do we have these conversations going forward what, what how do we have to step back and he, and father would put it put it like this about you know where the problems were and and the problems were with us personally, and so here's, here's how he, just a couple of paragraphs I'll read to. You. He said, "In our ugly and injurious present political climate, it has become all too easy to justify fear-filled and hateful thoughts, words and actions in defense and against the other side. We project our anxiety elsewhere and misdiagnose the real problem, the real evil forever exchanging it for smaller and seemingly more manageable problems. So he gets into the, the ego part of this. And he says, the over-defended ego always sees, hates and attacks in others, its own faults. Mm-hmm. You know, those things we don't like in ourselves, we project on others, it seems like. And so, so those parts of ourselves that we struggle to acknowledge, we'd rather not, I think. He goes on, we do not want to give way on important moral issues. You know, and and maybe we some of us can certainly see when we had the Supreme Court Amy Coney Barrett up. There's all all the things seem to focus on abortion. You know, and and that's an issue that we need to talk about, and and we need to talk about how we take care of young children. You know, and all those kinds of things too. But so, but he says we do not want to give way on important moral issues. It, it could be other moral issues too. But this often means we don't want to give way on our need to be right, to be superior and in control. You know, and those are things we all like to be right. We like to think of ourselves in a superior fashion. And he said, it's our deep attachment to this false or manufactured self that leads us into our greatest illusions. And so this, this takes a little unpacking. But here's the sentence that I quoted, and, and then I then we had a discussion at the conference I was at. And that sentence is: most of us do not see things as they are; we see things as we are. So most of us do not see things as they are; we see things as we are. And so, it, a lot of these issues reside with us individually, and 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 it do, it does require deep conversation, listening. Uh, One of the things in living school, they taught us a circle, what they call the circle, and and I've seen it done with the Native Americans too uh, in in their sweat lodges, is that you have a time where you speak from the heart and nobody interjects anything. You just listen and you take it and and there's no crosstalk. You just say your piece and then you pass it to the next person. Mm And if you learn how to dialogue in that fashion, uh, it's it's amazing how deep you can go, how how, you, how if you allow your heart to speak and not worrying about defending what's coming from your heart, uh, good things can happen. So, you know, if you're asking me what comes next, uh, Brian, I, I just think we, we need to take time to, well, appreciate each other, appreciate our environment, uh, and and re, re, the reality of all this major political stuff, most of us live pretty normal lives, and it's not going to affect us on on a normal basis unless you're watching a lot of TV. Uh, you know, we're still going to buy our groceries. We're still going to watch our TV. We're still going to you know go bike going to ride for our bicycles. So so we shouldn't get too overly worked up. But w- what we can do. Is do the best we can where we are, like like your dad said. You're there. Yeah. Uh, do the best we can and and make a difference in our families. Make a difference in our communities. Uh, be be good neighbors. And and going back to your thought of, it all breaks down to being more loving. I mean that that's I think that's what we're seeking. And uh, and I thought. Just to give you one more thought from Father Roer, he said last Wednesday. He said, "In the end, politics is nothing more than the instrument of social good and human development. It is meant to be the right arm of those whose souls have melted into God. Um, you know, politics does not exist for itself, and it and if it does, that is precisely when it becomes at least death dealing, if not entirely evil. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it isn't, if it isn't looking to be an instrument of social good and human development, then why why are we doing all these things? So that but I, I I like I say I go back to where something I'd underscore something you said earlier is just ultimately when it's all said and done and after you go internally, uh it's all about Christ said, <laughs> uh you know, love love your neighbor as you love yourself, as you love God. Yeah love to
1: love your neighbor and um uh appreciating uh, people on the other side of a viewpoint, whether it's you know whatever whatever it is, uh, and listening, listening, even though we dis- may disagree, but to listen and and something I heard from someone recently, they said, they said you know it's it's not so much to try to find a compromise, it's not so much to try to find a middle ground, as it is just to understand that the people with the opposite viewpoint aren't insane, you know they're not they're not they're not horrible people. You know when when I when I hear people talking about uh, you know they hate this person on the other side, doesn't matter which direction they're coming from. And I I, I remember uh, coming to someone uh, about about how that you know this hatred just doesn't doesn't do any good. And and uh, she said, uh, but it's righteous hatred. I said it's still hatred. It just it you know listening to the other side and understanding they they're they're not uh, they're not. Um, they're not, uh, they're not crazy. They're not evil people. You know, and and that that quote from Abraham Lincoln, where he said, have I not destroyed my enemy when I have made him my friend? Wouldn't that be a good way to get rid of your enemies?
2: (laughs) Well, your, uh, your quote too, about righteous hatred uh, makes me think of my friend, Paul Becker, uh, and and Paul's a was a parish priest, and and one of the things he said regularly in his sermons was, "It's not what you hate, it's that you hate." Yes. Yeah. And so you know, you know, take back that venom, take back those bites. Uh, you know, it's all right to disagree. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, after you, after you sleep on it, on a disagreement, sometimes the next morning you wake up and say, "Hey, that Brian, he, he, I guess he did make some sense." I'm, I'm sure glad he, he didn't just throw me out of the house. Uh, yeah, we, 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 had it, we had a really vigorous debate, but, but boy, he made some. And then sometimes what happens, you, you made some points and the other side. You know, I've had those kind of conversations the next day. People say, well, I kind of agree with you. I said, well, wait a second. I'm kind of agreeing with you. So <laughs> where did
1: we wind up? Yeah, that's good. Uh, a while back, I had this idea that we should, uh, we, I wanted to do a cooking show. And I thought, you know, as divisive as everything is in our world, we do like to eat each other's food. And, sure. I, and I thought, you know, I thought that might be a good way to bring people together. You know, have a, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have a. I don't know if we can do that under COVID right now, but, you know, uh, so more of that. You know, um, uh, you know uh, Mother Teresa's great quote about appreciation. Uh, you know, you remember that? She said, uh, "There is more hunger." In this world for appreciation than for bread and i think i think one of the things you know think uh, when i think of appreciation is it's it's i you listened to me you heard me and and that's that's the thing that we can offer that's you know we can offer that to anyone and it's and it's it's a
2: it's a greater hunger than for bread wow yeah, it's it's an awesome thing to be present, to be truly present with someone else. And, and uh, you know, what I what I think about is a lot of conversations, which is unfortunate with, for a lot of our conversations, is you're waiting with what you're going to haul to the next part in the conversation, mm-hmm. and you're, what you're, your next dump is, and you're not listening to what's leading, what's being said to you. And that, that's what I'm saying, that I like that circle situation where you just sit patiently and... Say, OK. And and the other side is speaking from the heart rather than mm-hmm. uh, from our monkey mind, so to speak. Uh, all kinds of thoughts that go into it. Um, but, you know, pardon me for for quoting Father Rohr, but I've, I've done no. so much work with him in the last five years that that he becomes kind of a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. One of the best quarter qu- uh, quotables that I can think of, honestly. Um it's it's one of those senior moments that slip right by me there, Brian. So where, where was I going? If you recall,
1: well, you you you, you
2: talked about, about the, being yeah, present.
1: Uh, uh, yeah the 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 monkey the monkey brain. I guess we could re- rewind here. We are recording this. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: you know, but you know, after a while, you get. In, I was in a conversation, and he says, "You know, um, your opinion really doesn't matter that much." You know, it, it it's strictly it's that's all it is is a, a group of thoughts. It it's are you and you know unless you're speaking the firm truth about something, if it's just an opinion, it it's it's not advancing anything that that great. And and then the other other side of it, uh, every spiritual director that I've dealt with, um, the subject of not being judgmental is is and you know that's scriptural in so many places. It, and, and uh, I had a spiritual director tell me one time, he said, uh, you know, Jesus said it six times in the Bible, and he went through the quotes. And he said, do you think he was kidding? Do you, th- <laughs> you think he didn't mean it?' You know, and for most of us, being judgmental is like breathing in and breathing out. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of what we do. And, and you almost have to let go of that aspect of, of your thought process, too, to, uh, to be good in that regard
1: well I'm, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up with with that uh and uh you know I think of judgment as something uh there's there's judgment in condemnation and there's judgment uh, like my dad used to say when I was a young man and would be leaving for the evening and he'd say, he would say, use good judgment he didn't say stay out of trouble he said use good judgment and sometimes I wonder how life might have turned out if I had taken his advice <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us here on, uh, on uh, Bravehearts Radio today, uh, Wally. It's always good talking with you. Uh, next week, uh, we'll have, uh, as, uh, as our guest, Dr. Carl Sovak from the University oh, of Mary. Okay. You know good Carl. And, yep.
2: We t- we're talking about virtuous capitalism. and uh, uh, Carl, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd underscore that for all your listeners. Listen to Carl. He has a lot of good things to say. All right. So remember that doing good anywhere does
1: good everywhere. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Wally. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.